It's the Monday edition of Real Talk with Keith Smith. Thank you kindly for joining us. My name is Jerry Miller. A pleasure to connect with you guys through the I Love Seville Network on the show today presented by Yes Realty Partners. Find them online, yesrealtypartners.com. Keith and Jonas Smith, their namesake, a business that's helping folks attain homes that are making dreams come true. That's right. That's what you guys do. He helps folks buy and sell houses. I do. Mrs. Smith may think otherwise. And sometime. he rides bicycles. And I ride bikes for for, for good causes. Did a did a sixty six mile. It's a hundred and four kilometer. I think a hundred and four, hundred five kilometer. That's legit. Race yesterday. Um, hold on a second. I didn't shut off my hearing aids. Forgot to do that. I just did it. Sixty six miles on a bicycle. Yep. And how, how long is that? Sixty six miles. Well, I know. I mean, time wise. Time wise. Uh, so I PR'd it. So I did my personal record of so in bike riding it's a little bit different than running in bike riding you kind of shoot for miles per hour Mm -hmm. when you run it's like minutes per mile it's a little bit of a different goal Uh, I did uh, 14 14. 14.6 miles per hour that's legit I was shooting for 15 Uh, the last 100 I did in November was 13 so I, I picked up a mile and a half Per hour, which is pretty pretty good gain. I'm I'm very excited about it. Like a fine wine, the man is improving. I'm improving. I'm getting better. I'm, I'm, believe it or not, I'm and getting... evidently, after you do a 66 mile bike ride, you have the the confidence in your attire to to go a little Miami Vice, if you may. He goes no. with the sports blazer no. and just the tight muscle shirt underneath. It's not a muscle. Is this Don Johnson over here? No, no, no. So Are you I, driving a white Lamborghini? No, I Is I, that Albert Clifford AC Slater? No. So Zach Morris, is that you? I raised Jason Priestley? I I, I raised a da- Dylan McKay. Steve Sanders. <laughs> I'm giving you props. Thank you. I'm comparing you to Hollywood heartthrobs. I'm literally still sweating from, from yesterday. I don't, I don't think I've I, ever seen you wear a muscle shirt under a blazer before. Well, it's because I raised a thousand bucks and they okay. give you this t-shirt okay. that says a champion and you get a little medal mm. when you raise a thousand bucks. Is that the participation trophy? Or is that a... No, everybody who crosses the line, but you've got to ride six... Okay, you're saying that's the participation trophy. You've got to, you've got to cross... Up. This isn't, though. This is if you raise a 1000 bucks, you get a T-shirt. The participation trophy at a race is very different than the participation trophy at a Little League baseball type of situation. If you're doing a race, you cross the finish line, you should get something. You overcame a goal... You did something that was physically difficult, Six. and the battle is with yourself personally. Well, that's the reason. participation trophies for Little League baseball teams yeah. that come in last I don't place. Even, I, don't even I despise know. that. I don't even Neil Williamson's going to jump in on this. I, I don't even will. know what those words mean. What, uh, participation yeah, trophies? I don't even understand it. Uh, no. Last I, does not get trophies. So this is, uh, I do this, or look at this. I'm perspiring just thinking about the race from yesterday. Uh, I, I, do, I, I do this. Um, I, I call it Zen. I do it for me. Get keep my head. Oh no doubt. My head straight. Same. And if uh, I don't exercise every day. I I lose my. I'm not as 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 likable to be around. Uh, that was the end. Of I it. need I need exercise. The question every is that question is is does your wife say Jerry go out and do something uh, she, and then come back? She openly encourages me to exercise every day. Yeah, She's yeah, yeah, seen yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. If you don't yeah. get it in, you're cranky. Yeah, it doesn't want to. Yeah. It could be it could be an endorphin junkie 
kind of For sure. thing. I, don't I think but that's it, totally it. What it, it was good. You know, it, they're, they're, it's fun to be around a group of people that you don't know and, and, and have a conversation. And you, you, it's, the bike riding is very different than running, at least I found it to be. So, you know, you kind of match up with a couple of people and you've got to learn there's hand signals and there's communication and, and it's a very different thing. You know, when you've got six or seven people running 25, 30 miles an hour downhill from, you know, right on each other's tail, you've got to be able to communicate with one another because if somebody hits their brakes too hard, there goes six people on the, in the ditch. That's not good. At that speed, yeah. So um, it's a lot of fun. I connected up with a couple of guys, actually did a little real estate while I was on the bike. Good. Bigger. Yeah. Um, people were asking me, you know, because you start saying, hey, so you got to talk to one another, particularly when you're going uphill. And you know why you do that, right? Why is that? Because of the breathing, mm. right? Mm. So, so if you are breathing too hard mm. and you can't speak, mm. they need to back it down a little bit. Okay. So it's the breathing that dictates the, the, the conversation helps dictates the, the breathing. So you start doing this, hey, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? And I love what I do. But I was, there, talk about it. I was there for a race, and then, you know, about the first 15 miles, everybody starts kind of packing into these little packs. And then for about 50 miles after that, it was nonstop questions about real estate, literally, literally for 50 miles over, yeah. which was cool. Yeah. Um, you know, nobody... That right there is a microcosm of the difference of um, real estate and the tangible and palpable impact it's a real we know thing. real estate has on the economy locally it's look a real he thing. has a conversation about real estate during a bike race and compare it and contrast it versus the defense sector which we've been talking about for a couple weeks well generally in fairness defense to- sector 1.2 billion dollars yeah, 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 yeah. but no one effing knows about it but you could because you can't talk about it that's exactly right the that's dudes whole, on the bikes couldn't talk about it gonna talk, where yeah. Keith can be an evangelist for the industry but there and were, talk about it but there was people in the tech industry that there was all different there was a doctor there was you know by the way I was the old what's dude what's up Stephanie I was the old dude I was the 60-year-old dude, and everybody else was 40 years old. Well, uh, yeah, between upper 30s and lower 40s, and I was the 60-year-old dude. Uh, my, my joke was, since my hearing aid battery microphone's face to the rear, because this is all in traffic, you do this. So I will stay in the back and hear the cars back come back. And what I was really doing was drafting off of these. And it's a, it's a thing smart man. For, for these guys. Work smart, not hard. But it's interesting. You know, it was constant conversation about market. What's going on? What's going on? Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Nobody, nobody was asking the dude that's in the data business about data. Everybody was talking about the real estate. So there you go. Stephanie uh, Wells Rhodes watching the fam- the uh, program, the family ISC. behind Interstate Service Company, ISC, a home's best friend, proud partner of the show, and a very impactful company behind the scenes with this community. Sure. Absolutely. She, Stephanie, and her fantastic husband, Larry, coaches Little League, yep. and she agrees. She says that's what's wrong with the younger, younger generations. Suck it up, buttercup. Not everyone gets a trophy. I literally used the phrase suck it up, buttercup, to a Gen Zer uh, like two weeks ago who was getting emotional about not being treated the right way at work. And I'm like, dude. Are you sure that's a Gen Z or work. a millennial thing? Because Gen Z's. I was reading some very interesting articles in, wrapped around real estate about Gen Zs. They're, they are actually becoming a little bit more impactful 
than than the millennials. The, the article was about the conflict between the Gen Zs and the millennials. This is more. This is more of the mindset that started um, becoming a reality when I think I was in middle school. Maybe like you started seeing this in the uh, '80s, where if you participated in a youth sports league regardless of coming in first or last place, you were getting a trophy. And that really irritates the hell out of me. And a lot of people have, have said this is fostered a generation of, 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 of folks that have been pampered, that have been told that you're going you're gonna to get a trophy just by showing up. And that's not how life works. That's my problem with participation trophies. It's let's utilize sports to figure out aspects of real life. Or to learn life. That's what, that's what I'm going to do with my son. So our sons, both our sons. So has life changed that much? Did you, you get a trophy for coming in last place? No. I didn't get a trophy for coming in last place. No. I got an ice cream. Which was kind of like, I'll take the ice cream over trophy. I didn't get a trophy for coming in last place. We got place. to go to Carvel. So anybody from New York knows what Carvel is. That was like the thing. You know, that's like a, a Coors Brothers kind of thing. Kerry Rock giving you some props. Hey, right Kerry, now. how you doing we there? We love you, Kerry Rock. Kerry Rock, it, and it's since 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 he's a fellow serviceman, I will I will leave names out. But I was posting before the the ride that I raised a thousand dollars for research to help uh, find a cure for Alzheimer's. My 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 uh, my nana, which is my father's mother, passed away from that, and um, we lived that quite. Personally, it's it's a it's a horrible Brutal. horrible disease on it, and one of my fellow jarheads and, and Kerry will appreciate this goes way to go, Smith. I love a guy who plans for his future. So I was like, really? <laughs> That's like tell the guy that just before he goes. And it's a typical service, guys. You know, everybody's a little bit uh, on the dark humor, but it was a lot of fun. Had a great had a great time, uh, and you know, I'm I'm doing a hundred miles in two weeks from now. Raise a little bit more money. Uh, that's a little bit different. It's I get to choose the place that I want to put my my uh, donation to on my behalf. So obviously it's going to be to the land trust. It's a little bit different kind of a setup on it. You there get, you go. You get to pick. You get to raise money and, and give it to who you want. Comments coming in on Spotify. Comments coming in on iTunes. I'll get to them in moments. Stephanie, I 100% agree. She says losing is a part of life, 100%. Well, I mean, how do you, you know, how else it's, do you it's interesting it? to wrap it into real estate, right? There, you, there it is. There it is. How do you wrap it into real estate? Now, my daughter and son-in-law there it is. are millennials. I think they are. Your daughter and son-in-law are, millenn- are young millennials. Young when was millennials. Your, when was your daughter born? Yeah. When? Yeah. What year? Huh? That's 100% okay. right. Yeah? You're 100% okay. right. Okay, okay. <laughs> So they're young millennials, okay. I think she's 29. Okay, yeah. I 94. You got the, you got the yeah, uh, you generational the chart, chart you can put up? Yeah. Judah's going to put the generational chart based on labels on. Oh, Judah. Golly darn. You're so good, And, and take a look what he's got in front of him. Okay, so hold on. Millennials, 81 to 96. When okay. was your daughter born? 94, so it would be the... She's a very young millennial. Young millennial. So she's virtually a Gen Z. Much like I'm a young boomer. The folks in that range, they have a new label for them. They're called Zillennials. So she's technically a Zillennial. So everybody gets a participation po- trophy and everybody gets a label. Everyone gets a label. The label I have no problem with. It's the generation you're tied to. Yeah, but they're adding more. 
right? They just, they're they taking something and dividing it into more. I think it's more just that more. little period. Because you would have to admit, if you could put the generational chart well, back I, it on. It would be for me. I'm really at the tail end. I'm, that's my point there. I'm on the tail end of, so my, my. I'm an old millennial. And someone who's an old millennial versus a young millennial like your daughter, that's Jerry, in you're a not 15. Old. You're very young at home. I'm just talking about technically. That 15 years but is, put, a, is, is a massive delta. But to put it into real estate, and if there's some real estate agents that are watching or listening this morning, right, when you're helping a millennial or a Gen Z do it, because Gen Zs are coming into the market pretty strong. Um, the, you know, when they don't, when, when you lose 13 offers or 12 offers or two offers or three offers, how are they accepting it? I will tell you, the millennials that I work with that we lose deals, they, they don't, they're not like crying in the corner. They're a little bit upset, of course, uh, but they stay in the game, at least the ones we're working with. A lot of it has to do, I think, with coaching and mentoring and so forth and so on. But they're not like, you know, pouting and, and taking their toys and uh, go home. Right. So so they're still in it. So I'm really curious, you know, uh, because, you know, how your daughter this... also your daughter, the micro. No, but just, I, but... I, I, but the, the example you utilized was a division one swimmer, arguably one of yeah, the most I... competitive Smiths in the family. Is she the most competitive Smith? Of course not. OK. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said arguably. Of what the hell's wrong with there's you? There's four of them. All right. You're, you're no, there's right. more than that. Yeah. Well, I met the immediate family. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, there's four of us, yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, Mrs. Smith would say she's the least. She's the least competitive. Huh. No. You would not buy that. Would not buy that at all. I mean, she was a Division One swimmer. Dylan's Rule watching the program on Twitter here. Welcome to the show. Hey, I do, I do want to shout out a number, a real estate number. Go. You know, we're supposed to talk about the market a little bit here. Yeah. Maybe. I like right it. At some point. I love real estate. What the hell? Real estate? Remember when uh, it was, I think we were looking, I think we did the first week of this, of, of uh, April, we were talking about, I think it was on the 7th, we were talking about uh, the market, the first quarter, and how Charlottesville, remember how Charlottesville numbers were down? Yeah. I have to pull up the chart. Just since the, the sales, the, the total sales price, just since the, and the city of Charlottesville, just since the end of the First quarter and the end of April. Looking at April on itself. And the, the end. end of, okay, hold on. The Let me end try of this the again. first quarter and the end of April. So we're talking the end of first quarter and the end of April. Is the end? Of, isn't that the month of April? January, February, March. The end of first quarter to April is what you said, right? Yeah. So, so it's the month of April. The, the month of April. So hey, Jerry, how you doing this morning? <laughs> <laughs> or do we want the first four months? Hey, man, I am still. I'm recovering from I'm yesterday. Sorry, you're sweating. I, I am sweating. I, I am sweating. sweating. Yeah, this is. I burnt 2,500 calories that Dang. day. I'm trying to. That's impressive. Uh, it, well, you actually burn more calories on biking than you do running. Okay. It's the reason why you got to fuel up all the time. But yeah, it was 20, 2,500 calories. I will tell you, the ride home sucked from DC. Were you by yourself? Yeah. Well, yeah, actually, I was by myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was I, I was listening to Real Talk, so I had you with me on. Oh, the, on okay, the way there we go. So let's try this again. Okay. The total sales number for the end of the first quarter, let's just do that number first, was four hundred and thirty-three thousand dollars. So the median sales price at the end of the first quarter in the city of Charlottesville, that's everything. Single family detached, attached, and condo was four thirty-three. <coughs> the month of April alone, just that month. 
it was five twenty six. That's ninety three thousand dollars. Did you hear that? Say it again. So the <coughs> end, see if I can not screw this, this up. This is crazy stat here. Well, the reason I'm bringing it up was is remember in the beginning of the first week of April we were, because the number quarter over quarter was down. Oh, I remember. Right? I remember. It, it was down. And you said not to panic. And everybody was panicking. And I said, look, this is just. So the median in the city of Charlottesville for Q1 2023 was what? What 433. 433,000 city of Charlottesville Q1 this year. What was it for April? Just the month of April was 526. That's, that's $93,000 more, a 21% jump. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, in Albemarle County, not quite the same, but close. End of Q1 was 472. End of April was 491. Now, this is every I'm including attached and condos and all that stuff. That's a, a 4% incre increase on it. Lake Monticello was modest, was only about a 1% jump. But 21%, and remember, we were talking about this because there was this whole hangover, I think, particularly in the city. From that, and I and I, I think a lot of what's going on, and I'm going to get myself into trouble here. Uh, to Neil, Neil Williamson will probably chime in. He's watching. I, I think what's happening is I think this whole mustache bet and zoning re right. I think the market is kind of, kind of like the like the Fed. And the thirty I think the it's baked in already. I think people are already baked in that that is not going to have a huge negative impact on the market and people out there buying. That's the only reason I can understand why there was a twenty one percent jump in one month. That's just one month. Neil, why do you think there was a twenty one percent jump in one I month? I think I did it quickly this morning as I was recovering I mean, from swing. Can those numbers be skewed because of such little deals done and the deals? Well the that were, the, the volume is have, the volume is the, in, the yeah, deals yeah. that were done were done at a price that skew that number. The, well, it, this is just this is just total dollar and percentage. The volume of sales were substantially down compared to the same quarter, same month last year. I didn't didn't bring that num those numbers with me, but my point was is that everybody was panicking. I was getting phone calls after that show, like, "Oh my God, you know, is the sky falling in Charlottesville?" and it's it's clearly not. Jason Howard, welcome to the program. Keith. From a sales from a sales point. Now, if you want to buy, you're, you're could be screwed here. Judah Wickhauer, there's sizzle real content somewhere oh, here. Oh god. Um, is this uh, and the one may be behind us already to five. Is this sustainable? You just told us there's a was it a twenty one percent jump in value in April? Yeah. First, the first uh, you know, I think, the, I think, I think, I think that's a huge jump. I think you'll find next month it'll slow down a little bit in volume. Uh, but these just, these are comps. So what happened in April are comps. Well, that's, that, that will be utilized to set the market moving forward. The month of April values in the city of Charlottesville jumped twenty one percent. And that's why that's on contracts we've got going on right now, we're purposely communicating. Scott Morris is doing most of them for us um, when we're helping buyers. We're timing out, and we're not necessarily timing out. What we're doing is we're strategically requesting appraisals. Can I, say, can I put this in layman's terms to see if I can figure this out? This is I'll just drink my coffee and keep on sweating over here. This is what? 2,500 calories. You're the expert. You're the genius. And I gained weight. Go figure that one out. <laughs> How long have we been doing this? Uh, uh, 452. 
51, I think. Is 451 shows? I think 451. Each show, say 90 minutes. So let's call it 451 shows. I did take some vacations in the middle of that, so. We just should use 451, because you had people filling for you that were experts. Yeah. I'd say that's fair. Yeah, I know where you're going. When you, going you take, when you take vacation, you get experts to fill in for you. Yep. Isn't that fair? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But I know what you're doing, though. So I know. I'm just curious of like what... How much time we spend together. 451 times 90 minutes. That's 40,590 minutes. 40,590 minutes divided by 60 minutes is 676 hours. 676 hours divided by 40 hours a week is basically 17 weeks. I mean, basically... Yeah, I, you would have to do it by the hours. The, the I'm weeks. basically getting an uh, elevated degree. I'll, I'll go ahead and say it's an MBA in, in, in real estate here from Keith and, huh? and, his, and, huh? his, and his colleagues. <laughs> he called it a strategic appraisal. In my eyes, this is what a strategic appraisal is in a real estate market that is an incredibly volatile market especially a volatility northern in price where valuations are going upward no. quickly. Quickly. Yeah, 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 upward quickly. So a strategic appraisal is delaying an appraisal to allow other homes to close. That's exactly right. Because if you can delay the appraisal to allow other homes to close, the homes that are the most recent closings are the ones that have the highest dollar value. So, and you need the appraiser to see those homes to close to utilize that data to get the highest dollar value for the house that you're trying to buy because you need the house to praise. And why you need the house to appraise in the Richmond market is no, because no, no, you no, want no. the money, any market, because you want the money from the bank, because you don't want appraisal gap coverage, because that money might not be in the account. And if the money is in the account, you're going to have to find that money somewhere. And from a loan officer standpoint, that money better be seasoned. Because that money, if it's coming from the parents to the home buyers' account, has to be in the account for an extended period of time for that to money to count in the loan officer's eyes. That's the value of the strategic appraiser, <laughs> appraisal. And that, ladies and gentlemen, I've taught you all an my A plus 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 for Jerry Miller. I I taught you all my tricks. Look, um, yes, but not this is not exclusive to. Richmond, right? We're, we're doing the same thing here, yeah. right? Yeah. So the market, I mean, it's, it's a prime example. The market is moving so fast. Uh, I have to tell you, Fulvana County actually went backwards. The county itself, Lake Monticello went up, county went backwards. I didn't do the percentage and the math on it. I've been working this morning of, you know, for Wednesdays and Fridays show on it. But this, what we just talked about, you know, people always want to know hacks, right? Or little tricks of the trade or what, what a trusted advisor does. I'll I, I leave names out of it. There was a client of mine that didn't use Scott, frankly, it was my suggestion. They decided to use somebody else, which is fine. Turned out to be an actual bank, not a, not a thing. And we had the same way. I was communicating with the loan officers, and I said, look, I know that there's properties around this that are closing because we had multiple offers. We were competing. We finally won. We won on it. I don't want you to pull the trigger to order it. Well, let me rephrase that. When's the latest date in order to meet closing that we have to pull the trigger to order an appraisal? And that person gave it to me. It was two weeks from last. It was two weeks away. I said, great. Let's not pull that trigger. She pulled the trigger. Appraisal was done in three days, which is insane. Yeah. 
I, I don't know how you do an appraisal that quickly. In Sounds like a desktop appraisal to me. Uh, well, I, I don't know about that. And it came in horribly. Wow, sounds like a desktop appraisal to me. And so the client finally listened to me or su- took my suggestion and went out with Scott. And now we're, we're, we're strategically timing when we want to do the, do the appraisal. It's brilliant. So we can go ahead and you're 100% right. So they don't have to bring any, any gap cash to the table and so forth. And because so that on. gap cash has got to be seasoned. Depends if on, it's a gift from, it de- from outside of the couple, it depend- outside of the buyers. That's a general statement. It really does depend on the type of loan okay. that it is. You know, if it's like a- I'll say this. The gap cash, if the gap cash, and loan officers are watching this program, any LOs watching this program, if you want to chime in, please offer some It depends on the loan. The gap cash, I, I can say this with confidence. The gap cash, if it's a gift from parents, will be a conversation with the loan officer. Sure. That will be a conversation with the loan officer. So, that I can say with confidence. Well, let's. I'll, I'll add. I'll make it even simple. I'll do it, Jerry. I'll make it even simpler. Okay. Any new cash that shows That's up. That's what I'm saying. You have to explain it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So have, anyway, this is going to come up. Yeah. Any new cash. And from my, I mean, from a, normally you want that season for a little bit, so it's not a red flag. And yeah, season but then means ha- in the account for sixty, ninety, but hundred and twenty. But then, how do you know you need it? Right. I mean, in this market, you probably have a pretty good idea when your budget is this, and you and 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 deal after deal after deal is not going one way. It's a bit of a balance, right? You know, you're trying to negotiate and win the day on the price, and you're also trying to figure out where the where the market's going. I mean, I've I've reached out to Woody on Clo- Woody Fincham, one of our also awesome sponsors, right, to help us determine a little bit on where it's at. I will pick up the phone and call him and say, look. You know, this is what I'm seeing in my CMA and that. Woody, what do you think? And, and you know, Woody's a great guy and, and, and an awesome friend and an awesome uh, partner here for the show. Um, you know, he'll say, look, Smith, you're on track. Or, Smith, you're way off and, you know, or something along those lines. But, you know, you can, you know, engage him formally to go ahead and help you do that, which is a great service that he does. Um, you're getting props right now from a handful of people. I'll acknowledge them. Jason Howard on Ryo Road. We've Thank dubbed you, him the king of Ryo watching the program right now. Grayson's watching in North Downtown, as he does on Real Talk most mornings. Woody, I see you on a fine Monday morning. Good morning. Woody Fitchum. Carmen, good night, watching the program. Hello, Carmen. Thank you for watching. Um, Keith, this question. That's a cool name, man. Yeah, Carmen, good night. That is a good, cool name. Uh, Give us some background on that name, Carmen. That is a cool name. That is actually a really cool name. Peter Matthews, welcome to the uh, broadcast. Viewers and listeners, if you want to offer perspective, Put it in the feed. I will relay it live on air like I am doing right now. So this, Jerry, what is Gap Cash? Got it. So uh, thank you. This is what I was hoping we're going to do this. So this week is a Batman and Robin week. Uh, Scott on Wednesday is heading up to Michigan to... Uh, for work. For work. Uh, for Ross Mortgage. So I, I love these um, questions and I love these uh, uh, case studies. What Gap cav- coverage is... Gap Cash, yeah. So it's a gap coverage. So what's happening here is um, <clears throat> it's the appraisal gap between what the contract price is and what the appraisal is. And sometimes if the appraisal is lower than the, than the contract price, then the buyer has to have enough cash to make up that gap, right? It's the gap between the appraisal and the contract price. 
And generally, the way that works, so if I am the buyer's agent and, and Jerry is the listing agent, when I make my offer, I also have to include proof of funds that my buyer has this 50000 or whatever the dollar amount is between that. And it's the game that you're playing. I've got a couple of transactions we're working on right now that we're actually doing a strategic appraisal approach or timing approach on it so that these buyers get to keep as much of their cash as possible. Because now you have three cash pools that you've got to work from, right? Cash pool number one is your down payment. So if you're doing a you know, 5% down, 3% down, 10% down, that's cash pool number one. Cash pool number two is your closing cost, which is roughly depending on the on the loan, three to four percent. We'll just call it three percent for the sake of this conversation. And then now gap conversation. So that cash starts growing real fast. And so we generally start having a conversation about, okay, Jerry, tell me, tell me, you know, this is an uncomfortable conversation. Tell me how much cash you got. If you don't want me to tell me how much cash you got, I'm not much sure I can help you. I kind of need to know what we're working with so we can plan some sort of strategy to move forward. To win the deal. To win the deal. Yeah. That's fantastic. So, so that's that the, right it's, there. it's the cash between, between the loan amount and the appraisal amount, whatever that gap is. You have to provide it in cash. There's the end of your sizzle reel right there. And that was succinctly done. And thank you for not saying sizzle reel. Look at the uh, Miami up. Vice, the, the Dylan McKay over here. He's wearing a muscle shirt over a blazer. Yeah, I, I should bring in pictures of me in the 80s. Brandon Walsh. I, Stand up, Brandon Walsh. It would be Don Johnson. No. Come on, Steve Sanders. If I do, then my belly will come over the top of my Steve Sanders, stand up. We'll go to the studio How camera. How do you? I swear the studio camera takes 20 pounds off your body. He's no That's why I'm looking down. <laughs> Does the camera not take 20 pounds How off many? if he stands up? After yeah. 676 hours, you don't think I know when you're... You look, you look sharp, it. Smith. He's wearing his, uh, for those that are wondering, he's wearing a muscle shirt. A I'm shirt not a that muscle he shirt. It's a t-shirt. It's actually a bike jersey. Isn't it a jersey? No, this is the bike jersey over here. Oh, that's the jersey. Okay. What's that right there? That's the bike jersey. Okay. Gotcha. Is that what you wore yesterday? Uh, no. I, uh, I wore actually uh, a jersey um, uh, promoting uh, Blue Wheel Cycling in Charlottesville. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I never wear the jersey on the day of the race. I don't know. It's kind of a... It's like wearing the T-shirt of the band to the concert. Something like that. Yeah. Now, it's interesting. So the one that I'm don't doing... Go to the, don't, go to the, don't go to the Taylor Swift show with the Taylor Swift shirt on. And who's Wear that? the Taylor Swift who's shirt that? on the downtown mall. Who's but that? don't go to the Taylor Swift show with the Taylor Swift shirt and on. And who's that? You know who Taylor Swift is. Who's that? Come on. You know who Taylor no. Swift is. Yeah, so it's... You know who Taylor Swift is, right? I know. So this, this was, that, that was the jersey. I was going to wear that instead of the muscle shirt, but I figured I wore the muscle shirt. But it says champion because I raised, I raised 1000 bucks. Did you know I raised 1000 bucks? I did. I raised 1000 bucks. I'm, we're proud of you. That's pretty cool. You, you, are, you are... I am planning for the future. I am proud of you, my friend. I'm yeah. absolutely proud of you. Um, so what are the questions we got? You, well, I want to give you an opportunity to speak about this. You, you printed this for us, and then I'll get to the comments that are coming in right now. So, uh, Redfin... If, do, I don't, if I don't ask you about this, we will forget about it. We will forget okay. about it. So you're actually counting that I actually read this. <laughs> I, I, well, you yeah, printed yeah, it. I, I read it. Yeah. I read it. So the, the thing is, is Redfin News did a housing market update. Home sells quickly as historic drop in listing fuels co competition among buyers. We really only need to talk about the... the 
headline yeah. because the reason I printed it out here, even Redfin, which is a national organization, is talking about the same stuff we've been talking about for long time. Very long time on that end of it. Inventory is dropping, prices are going up. None of the, this is, you know, I, I had a client. Let me see, what was it? I think I mentioned it on a, on a previous show. I had a client that's moving from rental to purchase, and we're helping them move forward. And she just kept on repeating this. But the news said it was going to drop 20%. But the news said it was going to drop 20%. I said, I don't know what news you're listening to. Apparently, it's not real talk. Yeah, this is real talk of the word. <laughs> I know. You know, that, that is not going to drop. Certain areas might, right? But overall, nationwide. Uh, you want to know something crazy? I was at a uh, cocktail party over the weekend with um, some fairly heavy hitters. Um, we're talking real estate, heavy hitters, names mm -hmm. you would know. Okay, sure. Uh, business people, names you would know. Sure. Conversation came up. Name the city councilors. Name the board of supervisors. You know how many people at that party can name the city councilors and board of supervisors in totality? Oh, God. Now, the sample size was like maybe 13 or 14 people. Well, you know how many people. In, in fairness. That I was speaking with at the time. You know how many could name them all? Uh, very few. Me. I, I, I would. Me. Yeah. I, One. You, you probably beat me on that. I, 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 you could name all the supervisors. I might miss one or two. Keith, in, in go. The, do it. You can no, do it no. I, you could do it on the spot right now. There's six of them. Jerry. I, I know you could do Jerry, this. Jerry. Jerry. My, both of my granddaughters, one name is Vienna, one is named Ravenna. I get that. And I kept on calling the one Ravenna Vienna and the one Vienna That's Ravenna. different. That's different. Uh, I bet you you could name the Board of Supervisors. Uh, which, which county? You want to go City Council first? Why don't you go City Council first? That'll be no problem for you. Payne, Snook. I don't remember the new one. Uh, Leah per year. There you I'll go. give you a pass on that one. Uh, she was appointed. Juan, Juan, Juan Diego, Diego Wade. And Brian. Brian Pinkson. Okay. Board of Supervisors. Um, <laughs> you got this. Most of them are your friends. Yeah. Ned. Yep, Ned Galloway. Uh, Diantha. Yep, Diantha McKeel. B. B. Lapisto, currently good. Jim. Jim Andrews, four. And Donna. Donna, missing one. Oh, Ann. Yeah, so you got it. I yeah. think you could do it. You would have gotten it. You would have had no problem. Ann Mallory. So you could don't do hex it. me about Green County. But I guess the point. This I my know point a couple is, of them. You're talking about guys that are like top of their field, but, you know, pioneers but, in some cases. So why do you think that is? Uh, Green, it's is it apathy? Is it lack of interest? Is it apathy? Lack of interest? Is it lack of coverage? Is it? I mean, it's got to be the apathy or lack of interest. I would imagine. Or it's not. Because the coverage is there. Maybe, they maybe, maybe one of those big fancy words mean this. The, it doesn't impact their lives. I mean, it, 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 they don't, if they're heavy hitters, that probably doesn't impact their lives, right? If, interest, if, if real estate tax rate goes up, it's a little bit more money to them. To my mother and father, when, they're, when, they're, when their cash out of their pocket is up 400 bucks, that's groceries for a month and a half. Uh, somebody that is... For your parents. Yeah. So I, I think it's, it's either, maybe this is the apathy part of it, they just don't care. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Right. Or it, it doesn't impact their lives, so they don't care. I was, I was, I was disappointed. 
Yeah, yeah. I was visibly disappointed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, and, and because you understand the importance of it, right? Right. And I also, I also care a lot about the community, as do you. And I understand that, like, if we're not going to move forward as a community for progress of positive change, if some of, like, our heaviest of hitters are not even interested. So it was Dave, it was Dave Norris, I think, that said this, right? Yeah. They should care the local stuff. The local, stu- the local electeds, the local government is the most impactful. State and federal, directly upon people's, people's lives. But maybe they just, you know, it's, maybe they just, amp- amp- uh, it's all about, a, you know, what's that fancy word? Apathy? Huh. Apathy. How about Kevin Dean offering this question? Keith speaks to the 90 plus thousand dollar increase in median average in the month of April, can he attribute that value increase to upzoning locally? You know, that's a great Meaning question. Meaning the potential yeah, yeah, that yeah, comes yeah. with that's, the zoning. That's a great question. Because um, we're getting to the home stretch. I, the answer is I don't know, right? Okay. And the answer is I've Sean got, Tubbs, would you attribute it to that? I've got to look into it. Sean, I think I, Sean might. I think it's the other way around. I think people are buying and moving into neighborhoods and just stay in there, right? They, they're, they're, intent, they're not intending to, to upzone it. They're not intending to do anything with their property other than, than that. But that's a substantial jump. I'd have to take a, a, a harder look um, into the numbers. And, I, and, you know, I've learned something after 676 shows. Don't go into great detail live looking at numbers on it. But, yeah, so it, it, that's a great question. I, what do you think, Sean Tubbs? What I do you think, Neil Williamson? I honestly believe, as much as I want to, and you know, you know I'm a proponent of, uh, of upzoning. I think this is a good thing. I think, oh. it, I think it's going to work well. I don't know if I'm necessarily a proponent. Of I, I am. I, I think we need, I, I think, I, don't think I just we, don't, I think how they're ultimately going to get it done is probably not going to move the needle that this much. This has been such a convoluted process. It's, it's difficult, but Jerry, this is convoluted. A, this is a difficult. I get it, topic. but it's been convoluted and not managed properly. The communication has left a lot to be desired. We're well delayed, and that can be expected I, I, I with local stop. government. I, I appreciate what you're saying, and for the sake of a talk show, I'm going to contradict with you're you. You're going to disagree with me. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm necessarily disagree. I'm just going to come up from a different perspective. The. Lo- I've been through different zoning rewrites in different jurisdictions. I will tell you, for what it's worth, you know, it's been pretty open. You can go and find the information and do it. It's just a super difficult thing. You know, you're going to piss off half the people. You're going to make the other people happy. This is a very difficult political decision to make. It's a very difficult technical decision to make. It is a hard thing to do um, and and get through it and 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 try to get it get it done. Do you do you, do I think that they could be better at it? Absolutely. I, do I, I don't think the city truly understands the magnitude, influence, impact of what this is going to do to Charlottesville, the region, to the region. Yeah, to the region. Okay. No, well no, and, and I got to tell you, to the region. I got to tell you, I think that's becoming very evident now because Michael Payne said this at a commission meeting the other day. Which was actually put put me back a little bit because you know Albemarle County's working on this. Michael Payne, city councilor. For you. those that were at the cocktail party. <laughs> <laughs> Just 
Send them cards. Yo, we'll make a baseball card. Literally, I'm talking to we'll make We'll make a baseball card. Let's yeah. do that. We'll make up baseball cards. Pick one. I think that's a good idea. City councilor, pick one. What did Payne say? Look, I got Michael Payne. I know. What did Payne say? <laughs> so we were talking about um, the um, Albemarle County doing its uh, developer incentive, running it through the RHP and all this kind of great stuff, the original housing partnership uh, through that. And, you know, Michael was, was all over. He said, look, I want to attend, even though it's Albemarle County. And he said something, and I'm paraphrasing it, to a certain degree, you know, because as what happens in the city of Charlottesville, Albemarle, we're all connected. And I've been saying this for a long time. Yeah. In the housing space, Fulvana's connected to Charlottesville, Charlottesville connected to Green. We're all connected because the people that are trying to find this $250,000 home, this $350,000 home, are out in these surrounding counties and traveling in and out. Carly Wagner watched the program. Carly, this is a good comment from you. Carly, your comments on the shows um, are welcomed. You're legit, Carly. I have no idea who you are outside of the interaction we do on these shows on social media. But I just want you to hear this from me that I and respect your I think your we've comments. asked this question. They're not related to the, the Flavana Wagners. Uh, no, she's not related yeah. to the Flavana Wagners. I believe she's just getting, she's getting into real estate now. Oh, cool. Um, she says increased density is better than sprawl. Don't you agree? And I think she's directing this to me because of my comments on the upzoning. She says, don't you agree? Growth is a necessary evil. Will growth be infill or sprawl? To avoid sprawl, you need upzoning. So I get that on so paper. Here's the, she, he, on paper, that makes 100% sense. But I get that on paper. But here's the debate, and this is what brought up this conversation between Galloway and Payne at the commission. It's how much of it is going to be actually housing affordability. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And that's that, the point I make. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the, what we're going to get is not going to be housing affordability. This is the point I've been making for years. That's the point. What we're going to get, because the land is becoming more expensive now, because the land has greater opportunities of what you can do with it. And because the land is more expensive now, it costs more. Because the land has more opportunities with it, it's more expensive. Because it's more expensive, you have to pay more upfront for it. Because you're paying more upfront for it, when you're buying this land, you're going to expect a greater return on investment because it costs more to buy. On top of that, the labor market sucks. Costs of goods are through the roof. And the interest rate environment to finance your project is expensive. These are all headwinds for affordability. Dirt, opportunistic, making it expensive. Dirt, very little of, making it expensive. Labor, not much of it, making it expensive. Cost of goods, expensive. Interest rates, expensive. If you buy this stuff, you want top dollar because you pay top dollar to bring it to market. You pay top dollar to bring it to market. Yeah, I just, I, I don't, I, I just, we'll see. It. And the dialogue, the dialogue was, a, and I think the dialogue and the light bulb went on in Michael Payne's mind anyway from my perspective because you know my intent or the goal frankly is with this developer incentive wrapped around housing affordability for Albemarle County will be somewhat of a boilerplate scenario that other jurisdictions can use. What, Fluvanna? Well more of Charlottesville is what the conversation was going back and forth on that, on that, on that end of it. But um, I'm just taking a look at um, 
April over April, 23 versus 22. Um, and so back on the, this is single family detached because the reason I pulled that up was, you know, the homes that are potentially going to go ahead and either be something done with upzoning. The bottom line is, is there was 30 homes sold. In, in city in April? In April. Okay. City of Charlottesville only. City, this is single family detached only because, okay. because if it's already attached, more than likely something isn't going to be done with it, right? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, condos are already in some sort of multifamily scenario. So, the, so I just cherry picked out that. So it was 30 units that sold at a 556 medium sales price. But I'm looking, I'm looking down here now. The cheapest was 260, then it jumps up to 310, and it goes real fast into 400. 400 somewhere around uh, sale number 10 goes into that. My point is to your point is I'm paying $415,000, $500,000 for something. It's going to take a lot of units yeah. to get that ROI to turn, to get that density. To uh, turn on top around. of that. So that's why I think people are buying to hold. That, on, buying top of that, on top of that, this is a crappy labor market. I'm just curious how much of that is. Find cash. a trade partner or a contractor or a sub that's going to be able to do work in a timely fashion now. It's difficult, even for the GCs that are in the business. You're at your 50-50. 50% of them were cash and 50% of them were loans. So the cash ones are no doubt investors. No, I would not agree with that. I would totally disagree with that. You'd say the cash... Well, you're right. I, I, now I would, that I think about I would, it, I'm I with would, you on that I one. would disagree with that. I'm, I'm with you on that one, now that I think about it. I'm going to pick one. And that let's... could be someone looking. No, no, no. I, I, I'm with you on that one. Neil Williamson um, is sharing a link. Neil and yeah. Sean Tubbs, um, I believe Sean's watching the program, are doing a, um, yep. a live debate with city council candidates. And, um, Not soon, isn't it? Yeah, it's very soon. He's shared the link on the I Love Seville group. I am very much looking forward to this. Um, We're going to do our own version of that. Fantastic. On the 16th. We'll do our own version of the 16th. As you have an opportunity to get to know the candidates, please, dear God, please Send vote. them to your friends. Please vote. Watch Sean. May 10th, 7 p.m. That is an approximately... Oh, good Lord, Neil, that's Wednesday. That's Wednesday. This Wednesday at 7 p.m. from the Hillsdale Conference Center, you got Shawnee Tubbs, the Town Crier Productions president, affable approachable, all-around awesome Sean Tubbs. You got Neil Williamson, the president of the Free Enterprise Forum. They're co-hosting this debate with city council candidates. Had a nice little conversation with the mayor this morning outside the studio. This is what I find intriguing. We'll know. When is the, gem- is the Democratic primary for, this, for Charlottesville June 10th or June 20th? Uh, I think the twentieth, and it's, I, I'll start talking when you're doing this because I've been talking to the all the all the city council uh, candidates because we're going to do our own version of a town hall here on the sixteenth. I think it's uh, go and, ahead. and uh, of June. So I think it's a twenty something. It's 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 some. Neil will will chime in on it for sure. June twentieth, Tuesday, June twentieth is the Democratic primary. By Tuesday night. We're going to know... Who's the city council. Who's on city council. That's exactly right. So we will know who's on city council in 42 days. And what's the bummer about that? What? That there's no Republicans or independents running? Contested 
elections matter. The Democratic primary, at least, is contested. It is contested, but the Democratic primary is the election. The Democratic primary the city is, is, city is the election. But it's interesting, uh, also Green County, uh, uh, Neil and I were texting back and forth, there are, out of five Board of Supervisors, there are three up. And actually three that are not going to run. So these are going to be three brand new seats of somebody that is not, has not been an incumbent in, in Greene County. So we've got some really interesting election cycles going through. We've got one in Fulvana County. Early voting going on now. Neil, you're exactly right. Early voting going on now. You can vote in person in the primary on the 20th. So even Fulvana County has something new because um, – Moselle's not, Booker's not running, um, and so there's going to be a new uh, seat on the Fulvana County Board. That's what, you don't want an interesting and interesting... I'm looking, by the way, m most of the mid-400s in the city of Charlottesville, I've just picked one right here, 221 Spruce Street was cash, fully renovated, 475. All right, I'll give you that. That's a homeowner there. That's what you think. I, I, absolutely it is, yeah. I'll give you this. If Michael Payne, I'll throw this to you as a hypothetical. Cute little house. Hypothetical. Just a hypothetical scenario. We're not picking favorites here. Neither you nor I can vote. I live in Almora County. You live in Fluvanna County. Neither you nor I can vote in the council election, the council primary. Hypothetical. Michael Payne is not elected in the primary. Do you understand the impact that will have on housing in Charlottesville? Michael Payne is I, a I, I, housing, how would you describe him? Yeah, so, advocate? So I want to... How do you I, characterize it? Is that his number careful. one platform? I, I, absolutely. I want to be... Um, You're not picking favorites. No, I want to be, be careful and respectful for what Neil and Sean are going to do on Wednesday, right? Okay. Right? So I, I don't want to be too prognosticated a prognosticator or whatever well, what that is. What are you saying over there? I have no idea what I'm saying. <laughs> no idea. When has that ever mattered? Uh, the, real, the reality of it is it's really up to one seat, right? It, the, the likelihood, I'm pretty sure Payne... You're, you're, and, you're, you're and, saying that Payne and Snook are slam dunks. I didn't say that. You I just said, said pretty that. sure. It's is up it, to one seat. It's pretty sure that's not a slam dunk. You know, there's no, there's no, there's no slam dunks in, in politics. But I would, I would be betting, not my mustache. I would be betting that Snook and Payne. They're heavy favorites. I would, do, I would, I would do that. So it comes down to who's that extra seat, heavy and favorites. that's where the math gets a little wonky, because, you know, we don't do wards, we don't do districts, right? So if one of them just wins by one vote, right, the math could be super tight. And whoever has the most of the three wins. I don't also know about. I don't, I don't know if it's mathematically possible to have two with the same count. I don't know if that's mathematically possible in the city of Charlotte. Uh, I don't have that answer either. That's a great question. I don't know if that is mathematically. Could, could it coincidentally possible. happen? Uh, I. Don't know. I, but Neil would know this more than I do, but I don't know if that's actually possible. Bob, I will say this. Bob Fenwick, I have heard through the political grapevine, is gathering tremendous momentum from a voter base that's opposed to increased assessments and opposed to upzoning in the city. So I can tell you, I can tell that's you. That's Fenwick's base. So I can tell you this. I've sent out a formal invitation to all of them 
three of them responded very quickly. Who did not? And two did not. Did Bob not respond? Three responded very quickly. So you're saying Bob did not? Bob did, actually. Oh, he did? So um, the three responded very quickly. Two have not. Okay. So that might kind of... Snook, Payne, and Bob. The other two have not responded to me as of yet. Okay. Well, time will tell. I mean, what do you make of Fenwick getting on council? Potentially. Well, Bob's been there before. Yeah. So, so there's history. You can go back and, and read his or look at what he said and what he's done. Uh, I will tell you, I'm pretty sure if he gets on, he'll probably take things from a different approach than the current members. I think that's a fair statement. Definitely. Uh, <clears throat> will he have enough to sway votes? Probably not. I would think. Probably not. I think there's enough votes on there. But this whole uh, th- this conversation was having about my mustache and the, the rezoning I've had with a couple of uh, city councilors. Um, you know, I-, I think you're going to see this thing wrapped up before the November November election. But you're 100 percent right. June it- it'll definitely not happen before June. My mustache is June 20th. My mustache is safe for the moment. Anyway. This, this is from Rio Road. Um, Jason, is the ceiling for prices here in Charlottesville or Albemarle somewhat below what Northern Virginia housing costs? A reoccurring theme is retirees buying down here after selling in the D.C. market and hi- having a pile of cash. It's more affordable here than Northern I, Virginia. Uh, absolutely. I, I would it's not, not even comparable. I would not limit it to Northern Virginia. Yeah. It's other places, the Northeast Corridor. Yeah. People are, and, and if you, it was, I read a very, I read a very interesting article when I was up, up in D.C. Um, that the, the flight out of people are pretty, pretty substantial. substantial. It's yeah. substantial. Yeah. And, and they're remembering their four years at Charlottesville at UVA. Yeah. And they're coming here. Yeah. So, you know, the. Get in state residency, have your kids go to the University of Virginia, come down from Northern Virginia or Manhattan. Where housing is 25, 30% less. You can buy a larger home. You got more place. You got school. I mean, it's not going to stop. Yeah. So, unfortunately, we can't do this in our Paragon system. So, it has to to go through. What, the zip codes of where people were coming from? Yeah. I mean, you can. Unfortunately, we can't do this. But one of the things that I was um, advocating uh, with the, the Albemarle County Board of Supervisors was to try to create a similar defense uh, or ROI or for real estate for real for real estate. That's a great idea, you know. And I think Weldon Cooper would be able to pull that data, no doubt, that data up where people are coming from. And, and Carr could fund it. Somebody could fund it. I don't. I'm, don't, don't You're not on the board there. Do not get me into trouble. I'm not getting you in trouble. I would love to know the impact. Yeah, well, so it, it, it's, it, it would be the impact. But I can tell you, you know, if you start looking at what people are buying coming in, they're coming out of the Northeast market, they're selling a house for a million bucks, they're buying this thing for five ninety nine, whatever it is, they pocket the cash difference. The real issue, I think, and it was funny, our do- my daughter and I were having this conversation yesterday or a couple days ago up in D.C. Um, it's generational. That's going to be the real conflict. Put that in perspective. This is a good topic here. I think it's not interest rates. It's not. A, this is going to be generational. This is going to be the boomer selling their home with a bunch of cash and doing something and pushing out the millennial. That's that's the reason why I would love to know what the age category of of this and somewhere. And Neil's smarter than 
me for sure. You know, I'm sure this. I mean, you could track that through U.S. Census data. Yeah, yeah. Is the average age? Who who wants to have this bet? Who wants to bet that the average age in the city of Charlottesville has increased since COVID? Yeah, I, I, you know, we, we, I don't know census, the answer to that. Yeah, I would imagine sens- the average age has gotten older in the city of Charlottesville <clears throat> but for Weldon residents. Cooper could do that. Weldon Cooper. Well, no, U.S. Census, I'm pretty sure that's part of census data. It is part of census data, but you need the people that are really good at this stuff to pull all that data and put it together. We do this in a very small way for the show, and that's a lot of work. I mean, just I worked two hours this morning just on trying to pick up. I was taking a look at cash versus... Uh, whatever, and a uh, uh, loan, and I was also taking a look at, you know, the the April sales over the end of the quarter, and that took me two hours. Yes, I am slow, so it takes me a little bit longer than normal. Uh, I'm a little bit sl- slower than normal today, uh, but yeah. So, but every everybody's kind of gone up. Fulvana went a little bit down, so it requires somebody to put that thing together and, and create it. Um, this has come in from Christopher. He goes, so Jerry, you're saying you believe the resident base to be older here in the Charlottesville metro area. That would mean more disposable income and potentially a stronger economy. No? Asking a question. That's what he says. Yeah, because you have more disposable income. I'd say that's fair. Right? I'd say if the... I think you've got two buyer profiles. I've been saying this forever. You have two buyer profiles right now. You've got Keith and Yona, and you've got the millennial that's making the multiple six-figure salary. That's that's is the closer to the inner ring. That's what this is going to be, unless there is substantial subsidy from the city, which the city, by the way, and and hats off to them, uh, are putting a tremendous amount of money into housing affordability. But unless there's substantial subsidy, unless there is enough developer incentives to go ahead and create this missing middle, that's so. When you talk about missing middle, that's kind of what we're talking about here. It's physical. Right? It's also income-based or economic-based. I don't see the missing middle housing stock becoming a reality anytime soon. There's no political capital. There's no affordable dirt. The cost of goods and the labor market make it too difficult to build a house at that price point and have any profit left. So let's, again, steal in Robert Liberty's uh, silver buckshot. Let's just say all of a sudden we create... Let me me get this out. All of a sudden they come up with the right plan, way to fund it, the perfect um, developer, uh, affordable housing or developer incentives. Let's assume by the end of this year they come up with this. Here is this thing. They take their magic wands. They wave their magic wands, and we've got these, this perfect plan. It's going to take years, years before it even comes out of the ground. That's what I'm saying. Years. And we're not going to end up with the perfect plan, right? It's just, it's just not going to happen because there's, politics are going to get in the way. There's going to be certain concessions been, been, been given. It'll be a plan. It won't be the, the perfect plan. And even once that's done, then it has to have a ready, willing, and able, to, a shout out to Neil, seller. Somebody's got to be willing to sell it sell the land. Then you're going to have the builders and the developers to be able to go ahead and do it. Then it has to be well-funded you know, and subsidized by the government it, or somebody. It has to be heavily subsidized. Just to put it in perspective, the 23 units that the land trust built 
and we hit 65% AMI, 225000 215 and $225,000 uh, sales price, had roughly $60,000 worth of subsidy in it per unit between what the county gave us and money we raised. There was roughly $60,000 to go ahead and do that, to make that number work. So A, you gotta get the right plan, you gotta get all the partners on board to do it, and you need the cash to go ahead and do it. Neil says, if you give up on missing middle housing, you end up with Santa Barbara, California, a city for newlyweds and nearly deads. So Santa Barbara, I, California. I hope Neil isn't thinking I'm giving up on it. I'm, I'm very... No, I think he directed that at me. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not giving up on missing middle. I just I, don't think we have the political capital for missing middle housing. I also don't think we have the economic climate for missing middle housing because the dirt is too expensive, the labor market is too expensive, the cost of goods market is too expensive, and the interest rate climate to finance projects is too expensive. The contractors, developers, and builders I know, the clearest path to profitability is a single-family detached home that's a million dollars plus. Sure. You deal with one family, you build a house, you get your 8 to 14% margin, and you go build the next one. And you do it by right. Path of least resistance. That's what I'm saying. That's why the path has to be. And that's that. what's happened. Yeah. So, I, look, um, I don't give up that easily. Otherwise, I would have not done 66 miles yesterday, right? So, I'm not going to. Uh, we are going to try to do the best we can to come up with something. Is it going to be the perfect plan? Probably not. You know, but I'm going to stay in the game and try to do it because I think missing middle works. It's the rest of the pieces of the puzzle that is needed, right? So Arlington's done its missing middle very differently than Charlottesville is. I don't know if you know that or not. So Arlington's missing middle is purely market-driven. There is no requirements. There is no affordability requirement. It's let the market take, drive it however it needs to be driven. And the result is? Don't know. It just got approved. Literally, it got approved the day, one or two days before the regional housing summit when I was doing the... I uh, would imagine the result of that's going to be McMansions. We'll, fi we'll find out. Yeah. But the path, path, of, of the path that they took was um, let the market do it. The path that Charlottesville is taking is to do all these incentives. The path what Charlottesville is taking is hire third-party consultants, spend taxpayer dollars, I thought that was a genius make this process extremely time-consuming, splinter and divide the community on a topic that is very volatile and causes arguments, have the process take as long as humanly possible, maybe not even have it approved by the next council cycle, do a project, manipulate the market, interfere with the invisible hand of capitalism, and as a result, the dirt's becoming more expensive. Okay. So the Mets are doing pretty good. I, I, I'm not trying to be, and I'm never, so the Arl I'm the, never a doom and gloom guy. The but when, the, when, when, when government interferes with business, it craps the situation up. I've seen it so many times. Yes and maybe no yes, right? So there has to be, and, and I'm a private sector guy, right? But there has to be some rules. That has to be set out there, right? There has to be something because if you didn't have any rules, it would 
you know, things would go a little bit nuts. As far as um, the Arlington missing middle, that's been going on for years. And basically what they did is they give anybody an option to go up to six units, right? And it's, and it's market-driven, and there is, according to the, the folks that were at the summit uh, on the panel that I was, uh, was moderating for missing middle on the end of it. But, you know, it, so are you saying there shouldn't be no zoning? People should just do what they want to do. Yeah. That's what I think it should be. You, so your, your opinion is that there should be no land use requirements in any jurisdiction. You've got a 10.2 square mile city. I'm just talking Charlottesville specifically. I'm talking Charlottesville specifically. Charlottesville. So you're you, know, saying, you know where Charlottesville screwed so you're this saying, up? Charlottesville screwed this up. Okay, this is we could spend an entire show on this. Fifty-two, fifty-three percent of the city of Charlottesville zoned single-family R one. Call it fifty-two, fifty-three percent. That means fifty-two, fifty-three percent of the city is a house, a standalone single-family house. Got it. Okay, and the reason this happened back in the day, the city of Charlottesville struggled with white flight, and a lot of its white wealthy families. Generations ago, we're leaving for Albemarle County in the suburbs. Cities all over America were dealing with this. So the city of Charlottesville, generations ago, to combat this trend of white flight, where their tax base was leaving for a different jurisdiction, the city said, let's figure out a way to keep our tax base intact. And that's when the city made half of its, ta- half of its land single-family detach because it wanted to give this vibe of suburb, of community, backyard, front yard, neighborhood, good for kids, white picket fence, and all the connotations that go with it. When they made over half the land single-family detach, R1 zoning, it really made the land difficult for people to live because it limited the housing stock that was available. You know this, viewers and listeners, some know this, some may not. Where the city screwed up was get involved in the zoning play in the first place. 1962 is when they adopted. I'm reading it right now. I want yeah. to make sure I got the, the, the date right. Anytime the, you get people that are, are, are going to go and muck things up from a government standpoint, you're going to have collateral damage. And the collateral damage is cost, expensive, prohibitive, so, barrier of entry. Yeah. So your solution is just to remove all zoning altogether. My solution is to allow the market to do what it wants within reason. Okay, so, so that's... Within reason. So Residential where, area. So where is the reason? Who determines reason? Look, I, I, I know this world... You know it well. Very well. Yeah, I know you do. Um, if you were to sit down... With a, we, we would get developers in here, which we could do, actually. It's probably a really good roundtable discussion. What do you think... Keith or Anthony, in this case, Woodward would say, or um, Stanley Martin would say, or any other, there's the two that just popped off the top of my head. What do you think the number one thing that a developer says they want? I want to develop in Charlottesville. Um, uh, Sunshine and PHA, St. Sean Mathon, PHA, same, same conversation, just on the nonprofit side. What do you think that they want? I, I think a developer would want a clear understanding of the playing field before there them. There you go. There you go. 
They and want the rule's not any, the, They okay. want what any businessman wants. You know what I want? Yeah. I want to understand yeah. the playing field because then I can make decisions based on what's before me. And you do not want that playing field to change. To change. Because if the playing field changes, my business plan on the decisions I made Got it. Is, is not usable. So we're not. This is what Keith Woodard. He so, walked away from two million bucks on Water Street because they, they jerked them around. They changed the plan. They changed the rules. They changed the rules. They changed the rules. Yeah. They changed the rules. Yeah. So, so, what we're saying is zoning is the rules. Zoning is the rules. Okay, so we're not thro- we're not saying throw zoning away because that's really not what we're talking I'm about. Saying- what we're talking about is creating a playbook, a set of rules that applies to everybody. Regardless of nonprofit, for profit, or whatever. And the last module, which have not been released yet, and I've been saying this all along, is the most important module. That is how the city is going to enforce module one and module two. So these are the three modules that they're putting out here. And guess what got delayed? Module three. Module three. Yeah. It was supposed to come out. So what any developer wants is let me open up the rule book. I consult for people around the state, around the country actually for this, is open up the book, give me the rules. They need to be clear, concise, and understandable so that a staff sergeant of the United States Marine Corps can understand it, right? Then I want them applied fairly and equally across the board. That's what I want. And I, then I want my elected officials to follow the playbook which they created. And then I want staff to go ahead and interpret that the way it's written and allow me to move forward in a timely fashion. That's a huge ask. Yeah. Um, the reason why we won't get all of this, because I don't think we're going to hit all of those buttons to get in here, and you will not get 50,000, 5,000. I don't even think you'll get a couple of extra thousand units. You might get a couple multifamilies. 50,000, 5,000. You're not going to get any of those. You'll get some. You'll, you'll get, get some. You'll get some. The, po- the thing is, at what price point? A few hundred. At what price point, right? Yeah. So Keith and Jerry just bought this house for four hundred thousand dollars. It's on a it's on a um, alleyway. I might put a second unit back in there. Rent unit one, rent unit B. They're up up in not in affordable ranges. And there's your business model, and you just keep on moving from unit to unit to unit. So it'll be very small increase unless the developer particularly housing affordability incentives are such that Keith and Jerry can go, huh, let's go ahead and put six units on here and I'm good with three of them or two of them or 50% of them or whatever, that would be three, uh, on them to be affordable, to meet that criteria. But what's the incentives? Do I, have to, do I get connection fees for free? Do I have a tax incentive part for a while? These are very simple bullet point items that really hasn't floated up to the top yet. There you go. What time is it? 11.30. Ooh. I know. Flies. I just literally look for the same time here. I love talking about this stuff with you, dude. Sure. Well, I just want, I just want to clear up. You're not in favor of throwing the rule book out no, and anybody I, doing anything. I, how You're, you said it was better. They need to have consistency with the rules. I've been doing this for... 30, and the rules and need to be not tight enough where it like limits them doing something. So the rules have to be clear, concise, and easily interpreted. Yeah. Right? And then this way, this way, 
elected officials don't interpret it a different way, and staff, more importantly, you know, have a conversation with some elected officials. Ned will be very open about this no when we bring him on here. Yeah. You know, one of his primary frustration is, and by the way, I'm having it with other elected officials about this developer incentive thing on it, is staff gets in the way sometimes. Why, I couldn't tell you. But they get in, they get in the way, and it frustrates the elected official because they think they can come in here and actually do something and make some decisions, and all of a sudden they get pushed back, pushed back on it. But if, it is the, if the rules are clear, concise, Staff Sergeant in the United States Marine Corps simple to understand and enforced equally across the board, you will get what everybody wants. Keith Smith, high note. If they don't, you won't. Awesome. They need to listen to you. Yeah, well, the coffee kicked in. That was nice. The ibuprofen also kicked in, too. 66 <laughs> miles yesterday, educating the community today, real talk. So if you don't think Keith my Smith. calves have been cramping the whole time. I bet they have. 66 miles is legit, man. Yeah, um, very happy with it. I enjoy the Batman and Robin. Well, it's the rest of the week. I like it. So, I like it, my friend. Rest uh, of the week, we're gonna we're gonna do Batman and Robin, do some numbers, little back and forth. We didn't get the Judah in this mixture, but he, did you notice the microphone was running? Oh, well, we got it. We upgraded. He's got a permanent. Oh, oh, look at that! It just every month, that. every month, we add to the studio, we add to the infrastructure, the technology. We spend more money every month on the network. Judas. We, I we, just we, noticed that. We went, to a, we went from four to five mics. I like it. Four to five mics. Judah, can you wave to your adoring fans? Uh, he told me uh, when he walked in this morning, he signed autographs on Saturday. Uh, what do they really call checks? I, I must be taking some drugs because I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Judah's the director of this fine and fair. Um, there you go. There's ended it on the high, high note. Keith Smith is the <laughs> uh, executive drugs. producer and the namesake of Real Talk with Keith Smith. My name is Jerry Miller, the I Love Seville show in 59 minutes. Thank you kindly for joining us. Take care. Thanks, guys. Keith, that was fun. Yeah, I had fun. I like when we go... Uh, push back to push Very back. Very nicely done. Very.